What up, world? It's your pass-first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond, and you are once again listening to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only Daily Trailblazers podcast that took two weeks off for paternity leave but is back in action. Thanks for making this show your first listen each and every weekday, coming at you five days a week, free on all platforms. We're back. Thanks for bearing with me while I was away. The Blazers struggled a little bit. We'll talk about that. Um, Don't blame me because Damian Lord was gone too during my absence as well. Portland gets two wins over the weekend. They beat Utah in, in Salt Lake City. They beat the Jazz. Then on Sunday night, they come back and beat the Indiana Pacers 116-100. Let's, let's do what we do here. We'll go fastest recap in the West, and then we'll take a look at where the Blazers are after 24 games, a check-in 30% of the way through the season, and kind of a recap of uh, what we missed while your boy was gone. But first, let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers win 116-100. They led 28-24 after one. They led 54-49 at the break. Uh, Nurk had 12 in the first half. Dame had 11, Jeremy Grant had 10, but uh, Miles Turner was balling with 17 and 6 in the first half, and Portland just didn't, they didn't ever get a comfortable lead against a uh, against an Indiana Pacers team playing without their best player in Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Andrew Nemhard is a really nice fill-in at point guard, but this is, this was... This was an undermanned Pacers team that has been punching above their weight class all year long. They are playing; Their record is better than their talent should su- suggest. They've probably stolen a few games that they shouldn't have. Um, gravity is going to come back to them, and they're probably going to sink in the standings a little bit. But, but this is, you know, this was a not very good team playing without its best player. And through the first two quarters, the Blazers didn't really handle them. Then the third quarter came and they handled them. Blazers outscored the Pacers 39-25 in the third quarter. Jeremy Grant has 12 in that quarter. Ant has 11. If you're scoring at home, JG and Ant, 23. Indiana Pacers, 25. Uh, Portland went 15 of 24 in the third quarter. They assisted on 12 of those 15 field goals, did not commit a turnover, and that was your ball game. They're up 93-74 at the end of the fourth quarter, at the end of the third quarter. Uh, couldn't put the Pacers completely away, you know, the opening minutes of the of of the of the fourth without a dame in the game that they didn't the Blazers didn't give themselves an opportunity to end it end it Pacers got as close as 11 on multiple occasions in the fourth quarter but not never got it into single digits never truly threatened and the Blazers win going away 116 111 to improve to 13 and 11 and 5 and 5 in the friendly confines of the Moda Center. Jeremy Grant led the way 28 points, 5 boards, 3 assists. Damian Lord in his first game back after missing 7 games with a calf injury, 21 points and 6 assists to go with 4 boards. He also had 4 turnovers, 7 of 16 for Dame, 5 of 10 from 3. First time Dame touched it, or maybe not the first time he touched it, first time Dame shot it was a hard step back from the right-hand corner. Absolutely absurd swish. He's ready to go. Um, he looked a little tired in the fourth quarter. The whole team looked tired. They played, you know, Jeremy and Ant both played in the 40-minute range on Saturday night in a really nice win, one of their best wins of the year, or just an important win of the year, to be sure, um, against the Jazz. 
everybody looked gassed. Dame hasn't played in two weeks. He looked gassed in the fourth quarter, and the Blazers held on. Uh, Nurk was really had a impactful fourth quarter to kind of send uh, send that one home. Nurk finished with 19 points, six boards, and four assists. Anthony Simons 22 points and six assists. Uh, on the other side, Miles Turner finished with 24, but 17 in the, in the first half. Buddy Heald had 22. Andrew Demhard 16 points, eight assists. Um, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. The other, he was guarding Damian Lord and, and and has really good feel in the pick and roll. The other night I saw him guard LeBron James and hit a game winner. He's going to be good. Um, Pacers are Pacers have some intriguing young players, but this is not a particularly good team. The Blazers take care of business. The most important stretch of this game is that third quarter. That's when the Blazers won this game. Oh, excuse me. That's your fastest recap in the West. Let's talk about the third quarter a little bit. This was where the game changed. Like I said, 15 of 24 from uh, from the field. Shoot 60% from the field. 12, 12 of your 15 field goals are assisted. Excellent ball movement. No turnovers. It's been the Blazers' Achilles heel that they kind of just throw the ball over the court. Everybody gets in on the on the fun of turning the ball over in, in uh, maddening ways. They didn't turn the ball over. They looked like a much better basketball team. Jeremy Grant has 12 in that quarter. Amity Simons has 11. I think Damian Lillard was the best player on the floor for the Blazers in that quarter because he is the engine that lets them do what they do. Nobody on this team has the playmaking chops that Dame does. He can draw defensive attention. He can, um, you know, he's kind of been a turnover machine this year, but he, he can get into gaps, draw second defenders, draw help. Uh, the Pacers sent double team and double team and double team and double team at Dame. And you know what he did? He got the ball out and made a play. He had just five points in the third quarter, but his presence, his his gravity, the, the, the sort of scare, the fright he puts into the defense, it started it. And then the Blazers' second and third best players, Ant and, and, and Jeremy Grant, they made them pay. This is like, in some ways, the platonic ideal of the Blazers. Four guys within 20, or excuse me, three guys with 20 plus. Uh, Nurk finished with 19. Like, they don't have a bunch of scoring punch off the bench, but that top trio of of Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, and Dame, that's their future. And in the, like, that's their future, like, in the near term. <laughs> I understand age, but that's their key to being a very good team this year is that trio being excellent. The last podcast I did before I took took a little time off was about how good that trio has been. Then Dame played, he played another game after I, I, after I left, but um, then he, he went away and Jeremy Grant and, and Ant were really good, but they were missing that other guy. That other guy was back in the third quarter and his presence and his playmaking, his just he just greases the wheel and the machine looks so special. The Pacers have are, are not haven't been a very good defensive team. Um, they play extremely fast. Um, I, I believe Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton are one two in the league in transition three pointers attempted. They get them up. They run and they get them up. And the Pacers are getting, or the Blazers were getting killed by Indiana in transition the first half. They cleaned it up. They stopped turning the ball over in the third quarter and they won the game. They took, you know, up 19, never got it back within single digits. You know, you in a perfect world, you blow them out in the first three minutes with the bench in the fourth quarter and you rest everybody and keep the starters out and all those things. But um, the Pacers have players and they're not going away too. No one played crazy minutes in this game. Uh, Simons led the way with 36, but Dame 32, Jeremy Grant 33, Josh Hart, 30, Josh Hart uh, who returned after a two-game absence with a sprained ankle, he played 33. That's like normal starter minutes for a team that is built like the Blazers are built. Um Take care of business. Get your your first two game winning streak in, in basically a month since since uh, the second week of November. Like they they just haven't they've had a tough they've had a tough go of it recently after a really hot start. Uh, they're 
they're rolling. They're not rolling again. They've won two in a row. But this was like, this was the this was a game where they handled a bad team. And so often the mark of like, how good is this group is? Do you handle a bad team? Do you take advantage? Do you do? Can you go? Can you just go make, get an easy win against a team that you're better than? The Blazers did that. The third quarter allowed them to do that. Onward. Now they get a little time off. Uh, they don't play again until Thursday. Like this is they're they're in uh, and they're in the midst of a four game homestand. And we'll talk about how the schedule is going to ease up on them a little bit. But uh, they you know they they've got some time to rest. They've got a two game winning streak and they're in a pretty good spot at thirteen and eleven. Prior to um, prior to me stepping away from the podcast, and I, I'm not going to mention that again. This is the last time I was gone for a couple weeks. Now I'm back. Let's go. But uh, there was the big talk was the 20 game mark. And uh, the number that I had circled was the Blazers get to 12 wins by the 20 game mark. Typically during the Damian Lillard era, teams that go 12 and 8 in their first 20 games had been 50 plus win teams, have been teams that finish in the top, finish with home court advantage in the playoffs and make a run into the playoffs. Like that had been the mark of good teams. Not every team that got into deep into the playoffs did that, but the every 50 plus win team that was competitive hit at least 12 wins. That, that Three such entities, are uh, three such instances of that in the Damian Lillard era. Blazers only won 11-9 in their first 20 games. Things got a little bit dicey. So let's do a 24-game check-in. We're 29 and some change percent, 30% into the season. Let's do a 24-game check-in uh, in to close the show. That's what we'll do. We'll talk about sort of where the Blazers are, a status update, state of the union. I've missed a little bit of time, so let's catch up and talk big picture stuff before we spend the rest of the week dialing in on some specifics. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Turo, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event or a birthday or a holiday or if you just want to drive something fancy when you're out there. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and you just need to get from A to B. Whatever they, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it with Turo. Plus, you can test drive the new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. All right. Let's talk check-in. Blazers are 13 and 11. They find themselves in a in a legitimately a good spot, even if it didn't always feel like it was going to be a good spot a while ago. Uh, the Western Conference is all jumbled up. The Blazers are currently tied for sixth in the West at, thir- at 13 and 11. They are, <laughs> they are as we stand here, a game and a half out of third place, two and a half games, if you want to do it, out of second place. They are also two and a half games out of 13th. That's how tight it's going to be all year. That's why when they struggled a little bit while Damon Lord was out, it felt worse. But I don't think they're in that bad a shape. Let's look at it a little bit closer. 13-11, like I said, tied for six in the West. It's too early to look at the standings, but in the mix, that's the important part. In the mix, not out of it, but like a bad week, you're 12th. A good week, you're second. It's going to be like that all year long. Um, the West is wide open, and with the Kings and Jazz being better than we thought, and the Lakers 
looking like a basketball team again. There are probably 12, depending on what happens with the Minnesota Timberwolves, 12 very good, like very solid competitive teams in the West. The Blazers are one of those 12 without a doubt. Overall, the Blazers are 12th in offense and 23rd on defense defense. But over the last 10 games, they have admittedly struggled. Three and seven since November 17th. Uh, that was, I recorded a podcast on November 17th. So in the 10, 10 games, 11 show days I missed, uh, three and seven in those games, two and five without Damian Lord. During that stretch, 15th in offense, 25th in defense. They, they, they had struggled. And even before that, in that 10 game stretch, they were 18th in offense and 28th in defense over those 10 games for the, for the 28th best net rating, beating the Pacers and beating the Pacers in the way that they did kind of boosted their numbers. They look a lot better after that win, but like, you're not going to take, you're not going to say, Oh, that take away that Pacers game to make them look worse. That's not how this works, but overall a slightly above average offense at 12th and a, and a below average kind of where you thought they might be defense in as 23rd. I think heading into the season, this is kind of what I thought they would be. I'm much more concerned about their offense being outside of the top 10 than I am their defense being in the bottom 10. I thought this team had top five upside on offense and kind of like top top 17 upside on defense. I thought it was going to be maybe like at best case scenario, like a slightly below average defense, which they absolutely can still be. But they have had some moments, and especially over the last 10 days, where they've been a worse than that, significantly worse than that. Uh, they're, they're a work in progress and the sort of, the, the success that they had early in the season hasn't come back. They've, they've, they give up, um, teams have figured out how to get easier buckets against their zone. Um, they're, they're switching man-to-man defense. It hasn't been as stingy and maybe some of it is just the variance of shooting luck through the first 10 games. They were, you know, they were getting a little bit lucky on they haven't really made a massive drop in effective field goal percentage, but it's changed a little bit. And I think like some of it is just things are close. They've had a couple bad weeks or they've had two bad weeks in a row. And you drop back to somewhere that is totally believable that overall through the first 24 games, 23rd on defense, according to clean the glass. Injuries are also just part of the story for this team. They're part of the story. Keon Johnson hasn't played since November 9th with a left hip strain. Uh, he was not on the injury report and then suddenly on the injury report against the, prior to the game against the Charlotte Hornets and then has not played since. Damian Lord had missed the last seven games re-aggravating his right calf injury, came back and looked like himself. Drew Eubanks has been dealing with back spasms and a hip contusion, and tonight he was listed as questionable, started to play, and looked like a dude kind of kind of working through it, laboring a little bit. Josh Hart had missed the previous two games with a, with a left ankle sprain and Nazir Little. While I was out, fractured a bone in his hip socket on November 29th, and he's out for at least six weeks. Uh... It's like a hairline fracture of of the ball that meets your hip socket. It sounds terrible. There's shots of him on the road walking, you know, moving around on crutches. Bummer for Nazir Little. Like truly a bummer for the Blazers. Bummer for Nazir Little. You never want to see someone get hurt. Um, and Nas has just struggled with so many injuries that when he had this sort of weird kind of non-contact take a step strangely on his left leg and clearly go down, you knew something was not right right with him and this is this is bad news for him so he's out until at least the new year uh another sort of news and notes thing before before we get too far ahead is the blazers signed to a big man abu baji um he's a 7-2 defensive presence who's, who's played in the g league played in the french league um he's you know he's 
he's a two-way guy. I, I think fans are excited to see him. And like, I totally understand you want to see the shiny new part, but um, he's, there's a reason he probably wasn't in the league before that. Um, I think I like the Blazers. They had they waved Olivier Saar, who was, had a, a fractured wrist. That's a bummer for Olivier Saar. Gets hurt and loses his job. Um, this gives them more insurance. Spaji has not made his debut. He was not active tonight. Don't expect him to like sneak into the, into the uh, rotation at any point in the future. He is... He is a he is the opportunity for them. In, if if they have injuries, now they have a emergency solution, a true big man who could play some defense. Um, the scouting reports I've read, Adam says, suggest that he's pretty raw on offense, but has some presence and athleticism inside. I would, I'd like to see him play, sure, but I don't think he's going to be a game changer. So during this stretch without Dame, they go two and five. Uh, the Blazers, you know, three and seven in the last ten, and two and five, and they've they've after this ten and four start, they've kind of um, they've come back to the pack, right? They've come back to the pack. But for my money, they have only had two truly bad losses during that stretch. When considering who was available on both sides, the first Brooklyn game on November seventeenth, uh, Dame played in that one. It was the last game he played before he got hurt, um, and. Ben Simmons played in that one, but no Kyrie Irving. And and the Blazers just, that's a game you need to win. They kind of just wilted in the closing seconds of that one a little bit. Um, just didn't didn't play well in crunch time. Did not play well in crunch time. And it was a, that was a frustrating, probably just a straight up bad loss. And then the home loss to the Clippers. Um, up 18 in, in the third quarter, up double digits heading into the fourth. An 18 point lead with like four minutes left in the third quarter in the way the NBA works now is not a massive lead. But up 13 heading into the fourth at home against a team not playing Paul George, against a team without Kawhi Leonard, against a team against, you know, head trauma-induced Reggie Jackson who had taken a hard fall in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter, excuse me, in the first half. He gets going in the fourth. Norman Powell gets going in the fourth and you and you lose that game. That was just a bad loss. That was a bad loss. To me, those are the only two of the of bad losses during the last 10, during a stretch when they weren't very good. If the Blazers are 5-5 five and five during this stretch, they're like the third best team in the West. You don't get to like get those back, right? I'm not saying like, okay, just erase those, put them in the win column, and actually they're this. But I'm suggesting that while there was a lot of doom and gloom during the Blazers' struggles, I only think they had two nights where they really blew it, where they should have won the game and didn't, where they should have gone into a game favored and taken care of business. It's it is it is what it is. Uh, the Nets are playing a little bit better. Uh, Blazers also lost to the to the Lakers in L.A. Lakers just they're a better basketball team. They have figured it out over the last week. Um, they've Anthony Davis found himself rekindled some magic from um, Disney World or something. So like even that loss with Blazers kind of got handled. I don't think losing a bunch of those games without Dame and went two and five without Dame. I don't I don't see that as like this damning big big thing. I don't I don't even see it. I I don't really see it as a big deal. And in fact, I saw some silver, some true silver linings in the de- in the time that Dame missed that played itself out uh, as the Blazers, you know, beat the Indiana Pacers today. Let's talk about that. A true silver lining. What we learned while Damian Lord was gone in the final segment. Join me there. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You can bet on NBA games. All day long. You can live bet, you can pre pre-bet, you can get whatever you want. You're gonna find more lines, more props, more odds than anywhere else. You can also get on NHL action while the World Cup is going on. You're gonna find that. Still got college football as we head into bowl season, still got the stretch run of the NFL. It's all there on Bet Online plus any other sports you're looking for. So don't wait. Head on over to betonline.net. That's bet online where the game starts. Still a pass, first point guard. 
I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk about what we saw from the Blazers without Dame and Lord in the lineup. They go two and five with without Dame. Two and five. Not great. Not terrible. Losing at, at Milwaukee, at Cleveland. Can't call it. Like, whatever. <laughs> Those are good basketball teams and tough places to play. Um, it's like, oh, they couldn't guard Giannis Antetokounmpo. No one can. You know, they struggled against a really good, you know, could not handle the trio of of, of Garland and Allen and, and uh, Zonovan Mitchell against in, in Cleveland. Yeah, that's, that's a good basketball team. The, the Cavs are going to be a, a handful for a lot of teams this year. Sure. A couple bad losses in there. But in their two wins, in the two of those five wins, in those seven games, the two wins, they beat the Knicks in overtime. Jeremy Grant has, has a season-high 44, and Anthony Simons has 38. Against the Jazz on Saturday night, Anthony Simons has a career-high 45. The Jazz were playing a soft drop coverage. He was coming around, pick and roll, setting his feet, and burning them down. you got to step up to the level, Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk, you got to come forward, my dude. He's hit seven three-pointers. He has 33 points in the first half. you got to step up, my G. What are you doing? Kelly, what are... Kelly, no! Walker Kessler, no! What are you... Oh, my gracious. He had 33 in the first half. What are you doing? We... <laughs> how? How, how, how did this happen? Uh... But he did. 45, a career high. Anthony Simons was great. Jeremy Grant had 33. In the Blazers' two wins, with Damian Lillard on the bench, sidelined, it took a 40-point night and a 30-plus point night from J.G. and Ant, from, Grant, from Jeremy and, Am- and Amphrey Simons. The loss of getting the get to the Clippers, Jeremy Grant had 37 and had 32. Straight up, if Jeremy Grant scores 40, they probably win that game. That's how close it was. It came down to it. The margin of error was really thin. They needed 75 from their two best players to be to have a chance to win the games. And two of those seven games, they got it. And I think that exposed the limitations of this roster. They are light on shooting, as my, list, my homie listener Scott has been hammering since literally before the season started. The Blazers roster needs more shooting. Scott has been sending me that note often banging that drum often that that drumming you hear actually in the background is scott still banging that drum absolutely exposed without damian lord in the lineup uh lack of other ball handlers with keon johnson sidelined it's like just ant and justice winslow just not enough dudes who can handle against pressure gave blazers a little bit of trouble and because of the lack of shooting and the lack of sort of one-on-one creativity there were nights during this stretch where the blazers were exposed as the lack of shooting and the lack of like True creativity, one-on-one creativity to go score on offense was a problem. There were nights when just pressure defense took Ant out of it and they would turn the ball over or pressure defense in moments would take Ant out of it. And the Blazers' margin for error is basically like Jeremy and Anthony Simons need to combine for 75. And they combine for 69 like they did against the Clippers. That's not enough. All the other games, not enough. They got to combine for 75. If they get 75, the Blazers can win the game. That's thin. That's thin. But to me, you know what it says? The Portland Trailblazers have two dudes who, when Damian Lord sits, can go score 35-plus. They have two dudes who can go score 40 when Damian Lord sits. They have not had that. They have not had that. I read this stretch as a positive for this team going forward. They're just 12th on offense. I think they have top five upside on offense. I think they can be so, so much better. Their defense doesn't look very good, but I thought they were going to be bad on defense. I'm not really, like, I get it. 
the defense doesn't look very good and there's nights that just look straight up bad. But I'm much more concerned about their strengths becoming stronger. The offense needs to be this team's strength. And when you see Jeremy Grant and you see Amphrey Simons go do what they do without Dame in the lineup, you, you kind of think like, man, if Dame gets back rolling and he's healthy and you have those dudes rolling, this is a awesome, awesome offensive group. You can basically always have one, if not two of those dudes on the floor who are really, really, really hard to deal with. And against the Pacers, all three of them score 20. They get rolling. Jeremy Grant, 28, 22, Dame, 21. Like, it's this, to me, that game against the Knicks that went into overtime, the game against the Jazz on Saturday night, it was like, instead of being like, wow, that's what they need to win, I was like, oh, they can get that? They have two dudes who can go do that? They're going to be okay. I'm not worried about them. If they got two dudes who can do that, they're going to be just fine. They're imperfect. Like I said, like they they need some more depth up front still. They probably need more shooting. They could use one other dude who could dribble, and it would be helpful if that dude was six foot eight and could also shoot a little bit and pass a little bit. But what I'm describing is Jason Tatum and Pascal Siakam. You're not going to find that in one person. So eventually a roster upgrade is going to be multiple skill sets across a couple different players, and you got to mix and match. They'll, they can they can get there on offense, um, even with their limitations, if this trio is healthy. One thing I didn't mention in the injury stuff, because we just we just don't know, is Gary Payton still hasn't played. At some point, an elite on-ball defender is going to play. I don't know when. The Blazers have been very coy about what he's available to do. You know, um, he, he said... Uh, that he was like aiming to be ready on opening night. I don't think it was reported anywhere, and I may be missing this, that he was aiming, that I, I've seen some some confusion that maybe it was reported that he was supposed to be ready on open night. I don't think that's true. I think he said, I'm hoping to be ready on opening night, and then he didn't do anything in the preseason. It was clear he wasn't going to be ready on opening night. But as we get deeper into December, it's a little bit more concerning that we haven't seen Gary Payton, who's an incredibly likable fellow and probably a darn good addition to this lineup play. He'll help him a little bit. But before we get to worrying about how GP helps the offense or defense, it's about how these these folks, Ant and Grant and Dame, can can take this team's new heights. And I think we take this offense to the heights that it should be, right? Like five, six, seven in the NBA on offense. Like they should be a top 10 offense, no problem with this group. And I think the steps forward and the shooting levels that Ant and Grant have uh, alongside Dame, you saw it a little bit against a bad Pacers team and you saw the Blazers do it while Ant was, or while Dame was out. You saw two guys who can go score on their own while Dame's gone. They haven't had this firepower. And here's, here's something that I think matters. Maybe not as much as um, it's being pushed in some some corners of Blazers internet. I'm looking at you, r slash Rip City, but it, but certainly matters. Heading into the Pacers game, the Blazers have played the fourth hardest schedule in the NBA. After Sunday, or excuse me, including the Pacers game, they had the fourth easiest schedule remaining. It's changed a little bit because of how bad the Pacers are, according to PositiveResidual.com. That's where I'm looking at. I don't think I believe in strength of schedule, projecting strength of schedule beyond like three weeks, a month. I don't think projecting what games are going to look like in February and March is like a meaningful way to consider predictions about the team. I just, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't, it's not a meaningful thing. But it is 
noteworthy that the Blazers played a really tough schedule to begin the season and find themselves at 13 and 11. They played that really tough schedule with Damian Lillard missing 12 games. They played that tough schedule with with Josh Hart and Drew Eubanks missing time. They played that tough schedule with Keon Johnson, who would add you know skills at the end of the bench when those other folks were missing time. With him out, with Trenton Watford out, with uh, now Nazir Little outs, with with Nurk missing a game here and there. Like they've they have done it with injuries. Injuries are part of the thing. They're part of the whole, they're part of the NBA world and every team is going to deal with them. But to me, it is meaningful that the Blazers have stayed afloat a little bit through a tough schedule. And while I maybe don't think like fourth hardest schedule remaining, because I don't think you can know what, like, for for instance, the Los Angeles Lakers profile is a pretty bad basketball team. If you look at their body of work up until basically they played the Blazers, but since then they've been a lot better. So, and that was like the beginning of them, you know, maybe a game before that they, they lost a pretty ugly one, but like, you know, they, they're starting to figure it out. It's hard to, it's hard to know, you know, when teams are going to catch their stride, when Anthony Davis is going to start scoring a million points, you know, 50, 55 and 17 or whatever he had. Like it's, it, to me, strength of schedule is best understood in much smaller increments. But you can look at the Blazers' December. It's even there's they got a long road trip, a six game road trip with winnable games: San Antonio and Oklahoma City and Houston. They, OKC twice, even that's a tough team, but still like winnable games. You can look at January, home heavy January. The schedule is going to lighten up a little bit. Fourth easiest, whatever, whatever. I think that ranking doesn't mean much, very much to me. But does the schedule get easier? It certainly freaking looks like it. So they're in a good spot. The offense can get better. The defense can get a little bit better, but it is kind of where they thought we would be. At the beginning of the season, I dare you now to close your eyes, and this is the 24-game check-in. If, you, if, if I said at 24 games in, they'll be 13-11, and 11, they'll be tied for the sixth-best record in the Western Conference, and they'll be a game and a half out of third in the West. You would take that all the way home. If I told you that Damian Lord missed 12 of those games, take that too. If I told you that Jeremy Grant was shooting above 45% from three and that Amphrey Simons was averaging 25 a game, you would take it all dang day long. I think the last two weeks have been a bummer for the Blazers. They've been exposed a little bit, but they've been exposed to being a competitive basketball team capable of improving, and then they got their best player back on Sunday. I'm not here to tell you that this is they're about to take off and win 58 games. When they were 10-4 and four and they were on pace for 58 wins, it was mad goofy that people were saying, well, I thought this team was a 55-win team all along. Winning 50 or 55 games is very hard in the NBA. But I thought this team was like a 42-win team. And they're on pace to win something like 45 games. That'll put them in the mix. That's what you ask for from this team. Be enjoyable, be in the mix. And right now, through 24 games, 30% of the season, they've absolutely done that, warts and all. So, if you are capable, hold on to your joy, appreciate it, and then when Amphrey Simons has some bad fourth quarters against good basketball teams, don't start tweeting about his salary or whatever. Just remember, he's capable, and things will bounce back, and it's a dang long season. I wish I'd been here for the last 10 days um, to remind everyone that to hold on to their joy, because it, it, it comes back to you. The schedule's going to come back to the Blazers. I think they're in an okay spot, and quite frankly, I think they're in a spot that if you had talked about this in October and said, this is what it's going to look like the first week of December, you would be legitimately excited about that. 
So remember what the old you was clinging to and tell them that you got it and it's good news and we're going to keep it rolling. That's it for today's show. We're going to have more shows coming along. Uh, There is a chance because my life, frankly, has changed very drastically that the recording schedule will change a little bit, but I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that's not a thing that happens. Still look for the podcast in your audio feed, midnight. Still look for the uh, video either after the game, depending on when we record, or first thing in the morning, 8 a.m. Pacific time. If things change, I will talk about it here on the podcast, but let's just, for now... Let's call it business as usual. The podcast is back five days a week. Your only Daily Trailblazers podcast rocking along every single weekday. Tell your friends about it. A quick postscript. I was gone for 11 show days. It felt like a long time to be away from this. Not because I like um, am some sort of workaholic person, but because I am someone who loves podcasts. And so I know that having something be part of your daily routine and then leave stinks. Um, so, so I'm not saying sorry. This is not an apology. What I'm saying is, I get it. I'm back. I'm in your headphones. I'm on your computer screen, whatever it is. Thanks for the grace that you gave me to live my life as a human. Lockdown Blazers is back. Tell your friends about it. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.